You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Franke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie, welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is episode 12, recapping the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled Protector of Conquered Dawn. If you're checking us out for the first time, I am your co-host, Matt the Crankster, Cranky. And filling in for the vacationing, Michael Cohen. I think he's out uh, getting some power. You know, he's at Tashi Station or something like that, picking up power converters. I don't know what's going on, but he'll be back next week. Hey, I got a friend joining the show, big time Star Wars fan. Uh, met him at... Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and we're uh, actually excited to have him on. He's been with us for a long time. It's Martin Aylin. Martin, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. What's up, my friend? How you doing, guys? Uh, it's my pleasure, and uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I got to go back to, I mean, you've been with us for a long time, right? I, I think way back to uh, Frontlines, correct? The good old days of Frontlines, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days, I know. Yeah. Oh. I think it was like season three. I... Uh, Okay. Came on, and uh, yeah, um, you guys are my first podcast ever that I started listening to. Yeah, you've been with us for a long time, back in, transitioning into Rebels, and you've always been like, you know, right there with uh, all, you know comments and and just a huge supporter of the show. So it's like Mike was asking me, "Hey, why don't you try to get Martin?" Because I know we had talked at Celebration. Yeah. We obviously, met the first time at Celebration. And had a, had a blast out there, and uh, I was like, man, you know what? One of these days we gotta we gotta get you on. And we finally did that, so looking forward to this. Um, speaking of Celebration Anaheim, I, I know, uh, like I said, we we first met out there. How that that was a was that your first uh, Star Wars first Star Wars Celebration? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine too. I've been to a lot of a lot of uh, you know Comic Cons and stuff like that, but that was the first Celebration. So. Well, actually, that was my first con ever, too. Oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah, like, I, um, one of the best things about it was um, my wife and I were huge Disney fans. So mm -hmm. um, when we found out that Star Wars Celebration was going to be in Anaheim, we just had to jump on that. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. Yeah, for those of us on the West Coast, man, it's just way too hard to get out to Florida. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, over London for the next one, it's just too much. Uh, you know, airfare alone is crazy. So, yeah. uh, luckily, like Mike and I, we kind of said, Mike was like, hey, let's let's all get a house together. And just everything just worked so well when we did that. 
uh, the cost and sharing everything it was it was a plus we got to hang out and kind of live together for four days so that was really cool too so it sounds like almost like a star wars camp yeah it was i think <laughs> we were we were calling our house like i think we we met we used to call it echo base or something like that and you know the we wanted the uh the the number to get into the house to be 1138 and, and we were just doing all kinds of crazy stuff so we had a great time though but uh hey let's talk about some news before we get into the recap here um so of course there's not a lot of rebels news right now uh we i mean obviously we had that huge season two trailer that came out uh just last week or so and Amazing we talked trailer. about it yeah yeah you know we talked about it a little bit last week on the show and like i said back then back then on the show i was like man this has been one of the one of the most incredible trailers, like of all movie trailers, not just animation stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. this was this thing showed so much. But uh, I mean, so we talked a little bit about last week what we saw. But Mark, you know, your take on this, like, you know, Filoni said, man, I don't know, man. This is there's a lot of info in here. If you're really spoilers, you might not want to watch this. But I, of course, I can't, I can't stay away from a trailer. You know, if it's something they put out and they're saying, hey, here's our trailer. It's not like some underground trailer. It was a, it was a full on full release trailer so i had to see this and i was just blown away by all the stuff we saw and i just can't wait to get to it what were some of the things that stood out to you in that trailer all three minutes and 28 seconds of it um, <laughs> it was i mean um it's just it was one of those things where um whenever dave filoni says that you know this could be spoiler heavy you know it's going to be a good thing you know it's going to be a good trailer oh, yeah. and um for some reason i'm always a little bit more spoiler phobic i guess when it comes to the films okay. but when it comes to star wars rebels or clone wars i need to see it all you know i want to see it because i can't wait you know um you know basically five months till the uh, final episode comes out right. uh but uh yeah the uh, the things that i that uh i um that stood out to me were um just you know vader coming in you oh, know yeah. um champs and doula coming in and you know you know looking great looking older um we saw leia already and right. um that was fantastic but uh, and then I, it took me three times to see it to realize that that uh old master was in fact darth maul <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know we talked about that last week because we, I, I know you wrote into the facebook page yeah because I, I i had text mike and i go is is that Maul? Because at first it, it just didn't dawn on me. Like I just thought he was out of the story at this point, and who knows when he was going to come back. Absolutely. And to see him back like already, I, I just like I couldn't believe it for a second because they really made it, it. It was hard to pick it out. Like it was real dark, and mm. I couldn't even see like his painted face unless you really look closely. And uh, I text him. I go, "Is is that Maul?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I think it is." Like, holy crap! You know, like, damn, they're just. They're throwing some big guns at this second season already. Yeah. So, yeah, I know seeing Maul was incredible. I, and, of course, Vader. I mean, Vader is my favorite part of this whole thing, that they brought him back. Mm. And if they can bring Vader back and make it kick ass, then, I mean, they could they could bring anybody back. So With Darth, uh, with Darth Maul, though, yeah. the, the thing that uh, stood out to me, though, and confused me for the first couple of viewings was that Sam Whitworth's performance is, you know, he has so much vocal range that, yeah. In the beginning, he sounded like this kind of decrepit old, you know, just like, I'm, you know, I can't even, I'm not going to do an impression on your podcast, but, um, <laughs> you know, it sounded kind of, you know, like weathered. And then when he gets to the word master, it has that Darth Maul, Sam Witwer flair. And it's like, yeah. oh, that, that's him. 
oh yeah. wow you know so and um if you freeze frame it you can see obviously the tattoos and it's just like oh okay so that's a, that's what they're doing right now okay <laughs> yeah I think that's that's exactly what happened was I saw like a screen cap yeah and uh, I was like oh okay now I, I can see the the markings on the face and you're right that when he says master uh, that is when you can really tell the inflection of of, of Sam Whitmore and I, I agree with you there I that's where you kind of oh, okay yeah that's that's probably him so yeah that's that's pretty cool I can't wait to see what's going on with him it's tons of speculation on like every there's so much going on and, and to think that we also have this showdown between Ahsoka and Vader. It's like, wow, you know, is she going to make it out of this season? You know, I don't know. And and here's the thing with her. I don't know what you think about this, but I don't know that that I want her to make it out of this series. I mean, it seems like, you know, a lot of characters make it out and make it keep going on. I think for the story, it would be good for her to, to finally, you know, die in some heroic type of of battle and even if it is with Vader I mean that's maybe it's something where Vader takes that next step into being just so uh dark and and uh you know bringing on his his dark side that he kills her I don't know what do you think I mean do you think she's going to make it through or do you want her to make it through I absolutely love the character I was one of yeah. the uh apologists in the first season of the Clone Wars you know with Ahsoka so when people were not liking her I yeah. stood by her you know but um I also understand what needs to be done with the story. I um, think the only way she comes out of this is that she doesn't. But um, I still think she may have another season in her. Mm -hmm. Okay. You but think she may make it out of this one? I think she may make it out of this one. Some, you know, I mean, Kanan and Ezra got out of fighting Vader in the first uh, episode of the season. So, uh, what makes it? What makes you think that Ahsoka may not be able to? You know, so like that's, and then you know. We might see a different side of Vader. You know, we may have Matt Lanter coming back, you know, maybe doing a Force vision. We don't know anything about that. We don't know if it's just a vision from her perspective, if they're communing. We don't know anything. So it could be every, anything's up for grabs, basically, right now. And um, I think she may have another season in her, though. That's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, yeah, I, it, it's funny, too. Like, you look at that right, last scene is, is the sabers clashing, you know, two fighting. And yeah. And, you know, is it going to be one of those really quick fights where something happens and then, like he said, oh, then we get to it the next season. Oh, that's um, horrible. <laughs> that you know what I mean? So talk, yeah, talk about a serious tease. I mean, woo, everybody <clears throat> clamming for the next episode. So, um, yeah, that was just one of the, to end that, to end that trailer like that, it's like, wow, I can't wait to get it. And, and I mentioned this last week, get, going through these normal episodes uh, you're just like, man, I can't wait to get to this, all this other stuff, you know, I, and it's looking like it's going to happen in the last few episodes. Yeah. So um, let's talk about uh, real quick here, uh, some stuff that just dropped the last day or so. Uh, descriptions for some upcoming episodes. And I think this is like the next uh, after the Lasat we get next week. There's the one called The Call, uh, one called Homecoming and one called The Honorable Ones. And um, starts off with the call. It looks like the Techno Union is coming back into the fold. Ooh, nice. uh, yeah, and then uh, Cham Samdula. Obviously, you talked about him, Mar uh, Martin. He's coming back. We'll see what uh, what is his plans for him. And here's another one. Here's the one that really intrigued me here. Uh, there's an episode coming up called The Armor Ones. And it's Zeb and Agent Callus are stranded on an quote-unquote ice planet. So I don't know what they're going there. But... Uh, 
Callus is apparently injured, and he and Zeb must work together. So here, this is where it kind of blew me away. I'm like, holy crap, we're going to have Callus and Zeb, who had this huge fight together, wanted to kill each other early in early episodes, and now they have to work together. And this is where, and me and Mike have talked about this, about, about Callus. Like, is he going to be a character where at some point he he changes alliances? I don't know. That's It's kind of putting that out there big time. But seeing them having to work together, I just wonder where this is going to go. I mean, can you see Callus Martin like kind of switching factions? Maybe I, I going off that description. I listened to that uh, episode, and I remember when um, uh, we were talking. You guys were talking about how Callus might be, you know, possibly you know switched over. And at first, I was like, I don't know about that. Maybe you know. Yeah. Uh, if he does anything um, remotely, you know, honorable, uh, he may be doing it as a sacrifice. Uh, but that's as close to uh, maybe coming to the light side, if you will, uh, that I thought about. But then, just here, because this is the first time I ever heard this description. Yeah. Uh, that now just sounds like the only way it could go. Now that you guys mentioned that, you know, you know, eventually maybe he could be going to side with the rebels, which would be kind of awesome now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, because he's not gaining any favor with, you know, the Inquisitors or Vader or anything like that. He seems to be kind of getting himself into trouble um, as far as trying to capture these rebels. Yeah. And uh, you never know. You never know what could happen with with these with these Imperials. And although Callus has, has been portrayed to be stoic and and always, you know, trying to get his man. He just with this pair up with these two Zeb and that that hate each other. Mm. You know, I mean, Callus basically. I, I think it was him, right? That kind of destroyed, or what Zeb thought destroyed the rest of his people, or something like that. What was the episode they talked? It was about? the like the first uh, full on episode like with the droids. Right? Yeah, it was like yeah. basically there was um, the um, spark of rebellion episode, and then there was the droids episode, and that was the episode yeah. that we found out that he had a hand in taking out the Lasats. So Yeah, yeah. So talk about like a serious like grudge. I mean, how is this gonna work? So this is that's really intriguing to me. Uh so we got that and then the last thing we'll get to the recap here folks. Um we last week we talked about, you know, episode eight and how it got pushed back. Sometimes we like to talk a little, you know, traditional movie stuff on this podcast. Um <laughs> you know episode eight, you know, got pushed back to December and we talked about that last week, Martin, and how as, you know, as a fan, of course, I'm bummed because, you, you know, I, I was like, man, we only have to wait a year and a half to get, you know, the next episode. So I, I was pumped about that. But I understand pushing it back to December. All signs point to that being like the new release date. You know, it used to be May. Now it's going to yeah. be December. You know, it's take advantage of that that market. And it seems like I said last week that summertime was getting so crowded why not push stuff to December? I mean, The Force Awakens had, I mean, it's still in the top five. And it's, what, five, six, seven weeks past, whatever it is. I don't even know now. Uh, and it's still up there. So take advantage of that time frame. And here's the thing to me, like, I mentioned, like, I don't know if you want to go against Avatar. Because Avatar was, apparently was supposed to come out two weeks after, like, episode eight, right? So and I was like... Yeah, and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to go back to Avatar and check it out again. And But that's not going to happen. Apparently, uh, just out of nowhere, Avatar has been delayed 
once again. <laughs> so it looks like episode eight, Scared of Avatar. What's up, son? Where are you at now? Exactly. I was like, so <laughs> exactly. I um, this is coming from a guy that actually really, really liked uh, Avatar. Um, you're to come to find out that I like a lot of things, and uh, um, you know, I have buddies of mine that say that Avatar's story was way too simple, and um, and you know, I have a whole argument with that. But anyway, um, this is so. This is coming from a guy that uh, really likes Avatar. I don't really care anymore about Avatar. We got Star Wars in our lives right now. Yeah, yeah. we have um, Star Wars, basically uh, having a new footprint, like you said, in December now, mm-hmm. and. That you know, the last I think the top three movies right now, we got uh, Star Wars now, Force Awakens, Avatar, and Titanic. Right. They're uh, all movies that came out in December. Yeah, true. Right. So obviously Disney is thinking, you know, financially, you know, this is the most viable date for our, uh, you know, for Star Wars. And I also heard, you know, some small rumors that the um, the writing is uh, being beefed up a little bit for yeah. uh, the new yeah. characters that, uh, you know, you have a, you have the first movie, you show off these brand new characters, and let's see how they do. Well, the audience loves them, especially Ray, especially Finn, Poe. Um, so let's beef up their roles a little bit in this new movie. So I think it's a great uh, decision on their, uh, you know, we have to wait six months, but yeah. uh, it's anything less than three years is okay in my book. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we're so used to waiting for so long for these movies, and it was going to be a trip waiting only a year and a half. But uh, you know, another six months is fine. Like you said, we talked about that too last week. It was something to do with the writing. They were going to tweak some things, and uh, so it's, of course, like I said, the Star Wars fan of me is like, oh man, kind of you're kind of bummed about it, but it's all good. You know, we'll get like I said, Christmas present. It's like every December now for a while, so it's going to be cool to do that. And I really, it was really cool. Um, seeing the force awakens in december it was uh just something new and it was kind of neat to be able to hang out with friends and family uh, at christmas and talk about you know we talked about the movie for like all day long just going over theories and yeah and speculation stuff like that so that was that was pretty cool it's uh kind of maybe a little selfish on my part but um you you and mike know that uh i just had a little baby yeah, and um, it's almost you know. Again, sorry, this sounds a little selfish, but like as soon as the baby came in, because she you know she's weeks old, you know, it's now it's all about her. You know, it's all about the baby. That's yeah. all you know what it is. <laughs> but um, you know, now that we have uh, you know Star Wars coming out every December, every Christmas, basically, it's like oh, there's my Christmas present now. I could have a little yeah. bit of something for myself now. And you know, <laughs> this last year, you know, Mike said the same thing. I think you said the same thing. It wasn't Christmas this year. It was Star Wars. Star Wars was Christmas this year, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like, oh, there's Christmas too, but there's Star Wars coming out. Exactly. So. Oh, yeah, it's Christmas. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Avatar got scared off. Where are you at? Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Everybody's scared of Star Wars now. Exactly. So, um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that again, just the, the lead up. And, and it's crazy to think that, you know, we're getting um, Rogue One here, and obviously this is coming December. So we got to be getting close to getting some kind of a teaser or maybe even a trailer sometime in the next few months. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, next week or anything, but maybe in, you know, I don't know, April, May, you know, something like that. Or, or maybe we have to wait until Comic-Con or something like that. But we'll see. We're not too far away from, like, another cool trailer to, to dissect for months and months until the movie comes out. So 
yeah, it's, it's going to be like that. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm really trying to like tamper my expectations with that, but I really cannot wait because yeah. we got a brand new Star Wars movie that is a whole beast of its own, you know. Yeah. So. And talking about all this, I mean, they're really pumping up this Vader thing. Like, you know, he's been apparently he's been confirmed as being in this. I mean, I don't know if Lucasfilm confirmed this, but I thought I saw something where he was confirmed. It's like, wow, this is this thing is really hitting some serious, uh, serious stuff. And we thought he would enter in this, but it sounds like he's going to have a maybe more of a role than we all expected. I don't know. We'll see. I thought maybe he might just be like a quick mention you know, or a quick scene or something, but maybe he's going to be more. So we'll see. I think um, Lucasfilm has only confirmed a photo of the movie, <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, everything else has been um, just conjecture and rumor and everything. But uh, yeah. I just heard a rumor a couple of days ago that, uh, and this is a stems from an old rumor from about six months ago, but uh, that uh, Tarkin may have even more of a role uh -huh. than yeah. previously thought. So we'll see, but, Either way, yeah. it sounds amazing. Woo! Tarkin, <clears throat> oh, man, and this gritty, gritty, uh, you know, Star Wars story apparently uh, about the anthology up. story, anthology spin -off story. film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna call this thing? I'm still calling it anthology. That's what I want to say. So, uh, so with that, man, let's uh, let's dig into this uh, recap. To defeat your enemy, you have to understand them. Everywhere we go, we run into those guys. He's sending us reinforcements. Sham Sindona, at your service. You're a princess. I feel like because I can fight, I have to. The Jedi are growing in their power. My gut tells me this is a trap. Is it wrong for me to fight? Growing your abilities. You should have seen him in person. He was my master. The dark side, it pulls at him. Call me Old Master. Hang on! I hate it when she says that. Ezra, don't! Ahsoka, why did you leave? Rex! All right, here we go with Protector of Conquered Dawn. The Ghost Crew meets with Commander Sato and Rex, discussing options for a new hyperspace route to the, to the Lothal Sector. Sabine recommends Conquered Dawn, a Mandalorian colony, not yet under the control of the Empire. Uh, I'm sorry, not yet under the control of the Empire. Conquered Dawn, Rex says, is known for its elite warriors who fought in the Clone Wars. But who are they loyal to? They agree to pay the Mandalorians a visit, and Hera will lead the mission, and Sabine will tag along. So, Mark, we open up, we catch up with the Ghost crew as they rendezvous with Commander Sato and the rest of the Rebels. So, uh, Sato is, he's, you know, they're looking for these new hyperspace routes, and, and they're looking at Conquer Dawn, this, this, this way to get through. And basically, uh, when they're talking about uh, hyperspace routes, all it is is a, it's like a highway, right? And, the, you know, we saw, we heard them talk about clone uh, hyperspace routes in the Clone Wars. And all it is is kind of like a highway to get from, like, city to city or state to state. It's like this big highway that's not going to have any uh, intrusions or stoplights or anything like yeah. that or, <laughs> or things in the way or, or whatever, you know. So 
when they talk about hyperspace routes, if anybody was confused about, well, what is a hyperspace route? That's kind of what it is. Um, so, uh, so <clears throat> Dawn. And even the Empire, you know, thinks twice about, you know, messing with these Mandos because they talk about this. You know, they've, we've, uh, they had this discussion on how best to approach the Mandos. And, uh, you know, they're talking about loyalty. They're talking about uh, diplomacy. And I think it all just comes down to these Mandos don't have that yet. Or at least as far as the story goes, we don't know why they have no loyalty, right? So um, Rex wants to do the, do the diplomacy thing, the traditional Jedi thing, and go down and talk to him. And whereas the rest of them, they just want to take it by force. And I don't know that that's a good idea when you're talking about Mandos because they are pretty powerful. But in this first opening, uh, you have any comments on this, Martin, on what's going on and uh, what do you think? I thought it was a very, very front-loaded exposition heavy um yeah intro which you know is 100 percent necessary for um anything that involves uh mandalore you know um yeah, yeah. when you a uh, little side note when you mentioned that uh mike wasn't going to be able to uh do this episode I, I almost like felt sorry for him because i know how much he <laughs> you know much cares about the mandalorian you know uh culture and everything so it's just like oh what an episode yeah. for him to take a back seat on but anyway um uh, that being said, I um, I loved how they kind of fleshed out um, the little details, you know, on and they just put it down on Front Street because we really needed yeah. to kind of know what was going on because the last time we saw these Mandalorians was in the um, oh my god, what's the episode uh, with uh, Obi Wan, um, the Lawless, that, Lawless, that, that yeah. fantastic, you know, yeah, part one of the best episodes of Clone Wars ever. But um, yeah. so yeah. Um, we needed a little bit of backstory on what was going on with these guys, and um, I appreciated it. Yeah, and we'll talk about more of, about about them in a second here, because you know this kind of ties in with with the comic, and I know you've read the comic, and I actually read it too. So we'll talk about that when we get to that point. But uh, yeah, so we're talking about hyperspace routes. I need a place, a way to get through here, and um, again, you know, uh, we're talking about diplomacy and force and uh you know kanan is going to try like most jedi do they're going to try to talk their way out of it and I, there was even a comment too i think in this part where he mentions um you know this is the way this is why we're always this is why the the world is is always battling or something like that because there's no there's no diplomacy so um it's just kind of a nod to i thought like maybe the phantom menace where they wanted to go in and and uh be diplomatic and things just kind of Go crazy from there. So, huh. yeah, I think it's like later on in the episode where um, uh, I think it's Sabine that says the Jedi philosophy doesn't work for everyone, right. and uh, Kanan goes, "That's why we're at war." <laughs> yeah, that's what it. That's what it was. <clears throat> yeah, kind of like a little nod there, like, "Hey." So, um, so go ahead, Mark. go ahead, Mark. We'll keep going here. <clears throat> Hera leads Phoenix Squadron in a flock of A wings, arriving in Concord Dawn space. They are quickly hailed by Fen Rao, protector of Concord Dawn. Hera says they come in peace and request safe passage. When the Twi'lek say, says she represents the rebellion, Fen Rao ends the conversation. Out here, I act in the name of the Empire, he says, and opens fire. One by one, Rao and his fleet take down the A-wings. Hera commands a retreat for the survivors and tells Sabine she'll follow shortly. Just before she makes the jump, however, Rao and his Mandalorians blast Hera's ships. Hera and Sabine make it back to the command ship, but Hera's A-Wing is near destroyed, 
and she is unresponsive. Thankfully, Hera's vital signs stabilize, but Sabine is angry. She apologizes to an unconscious Hera, saying, they're going to answer for this. A new plan is devised. Infiltrate the Mandalorian base and negotiate. Kanan doesn't like it, but takes it upon himself to complete the mission alone. He'll only allow Chopper to accompany him, despite Sabine's protests to join. sound familiar to you? It sure does. Ben Rao was a fighter pilot instructor for the Grand Army of the Republic. He also served at the Battle of Maikido. I know. I was there. That was a long time ago. So, I guess negotiating's been taken off the table? Yeah? You want to negotiate? Let's negotiate by destroying their ability to attack us. I tracked them from Concord Dawn's third moon. They must have a base there. If they scan our fleet approaching, their fighters will cut us to pieces. Then I guess we'll have to hit them before they take off. You think you can infiltrate their base? I believe I can. We can take out their fighters, all of them. <sighs> it's risky. But I approve. Well, I don't. This is a solo mission, and I'm taking it. I'm already one man down. I won't risk anyone else. Kanan, I know the Mandalorians. You need me on this mission. My way. We're a team. You can't go without us. All right. I'll take Chopper. But that's all, and this is not open for further discussion. Come on, Chopper. Come on, Chopper. So a lot of stuff going on here. Um, first of all, Fen Rao, you get the name, and he's he's actually heard of the Rebels. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. What's going on here? And I forgot about the comic, and we'll talk about that in a second here. But he acts in the name of the Empire, and uh, as they come out of hyperspace, or as they come into the planet, I mean, just you know, it's just crazy. The shit hits the fan. I'll just say it like that. You know, <laughs> and. Uh, I love, here's the thing about this, as far, as far as the battle goes, like, I love how they gave the space battle, like, a chance to kind of, for lack of a better term, like, breathe or, you know, unfold. It wasn't rushed. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, totally. it seemed like there was almost like a minute with, like, no dialogue, and it's just, like, all action, and I love that. And it was almost like a scene out of The Force Awakens as uh, one of the A-wings kind of tumbles toward the planet after it was hit. Mm. Kind of had that same look. I was like, wow, that looks just like it came from Force Awakens. So, um, uh, and then during this battle, Hera lets off. Uh, she kind of lets off her flying a little bit. It seemed to me, I don't know if you got that, to try to lure Fen Rao to, to kind of slow down a little bit or kind of draw her in kind of a thing. And she was able to get Sabine and the rest of the um, the crew out of there in hyperspace. So, uh, some great stuff, some great action. And then let's get to uh, also he talks about the Battle of Maigito and uh, where Kanan was saved by Fenron. Now they never met. Now I know you read this comic, Martin. Mm -hmm. um, it seemed like the comic kind of kind of glossed over it. It just, you know, mentioned, hey, you know, here comes, um, God, I can't remember the squad name, but they mentioned his name, Fenral. Skull they, Squadron. Skull Squadron, there you go. And he um, he comes in and they save him real quick. And it was like, a, it's a quick scene. But I still like the idea and the fact that they're merging these mediums together, whether it's comics, Rebels, and we'll see if it goes into the movies. But I love the fact that the story group is, even if it's a small mention like this, you know, it was kind of small and inconsequential, but... 
it was still cool to see that they're merging these two. And I love the fact that I can read these comics and know they're canon and know that, you know, you, you never know. You might see something like a mention like that in the movie. So a lot of stuff going on here, Martin. What did you think of this, uh, this battle and going, what's going on? Well, first, uh, the battle was yeah. uh, fantastic. Um, like you mentioned, I love how there was like no music, there was no dialogue. Yeah, it was just blasters and uh, great flying. And uh, can we all say that the new? I mean, they're not new, but the Gauntlet uh, Cormac class fighters are like the best fighters out there right now. They're the most, <laughs> yeah. the coolest fighters out there right now. I mean, rotating wings. I mean, I knew in Clone Wars they used to just kind of prop up and down. Because um, we only really ever saw them just kind of fly around from planet to planet with uh, the Darth Maul arc, really. But uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think this is the first time we actually ever saw these, uh, like the wings actually like rotate and yeah. spin and just like you know yeah. take out fighters. And I don't know. And, like one thing that um, I thought was interesting was uh, they were taking out these fighters, but um, it almost seemed that they were just kind of taking out their engines. Like even the other A wings that uh, got shot down. They never really exploded. They never, you know, there was never really a confirmed kill. Um, kind of like the way Hera's ship ended up, you know. Right. Which, by the way, she, you know, one thing I was confused about is that I think a lot of people were confused about how she was shot, but I guess she could still use hyperspace, you know, to yeah. get to the uh, to safety. So I was uh, confused by that, but all in all, it was fantastic. And, um, but yeah, um, about that comic, um, I agree with you though. Like it was uh, as fantastic as it is, you know. Unfortunately, it was only like a, a page, page and a half that uh, right. saw anything right. getting mentioned. But uh, um, I'm 100% with you though regarding that. We live in this great era where, on the same day, we have an episode of Rebels and a comic uh, coming out, and uh, the slightest mention, you know, crosses over into yeah. one or the other, and. Uh, um, you know, we could complain that, you know, oh, it was only one page and it never really made sense because, you know, why are Mandalorians saving Jedi? At the end of the day, I'm just happy that we're getting more Star Wars and they are taking it seriously to the point where this kind of stuff could happen, where we could have, you know, a reference from a comic book and uh, we could see that comic book, you know, you know, the same day. You know, so. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what I love about it, too. It's like <clears throat> it doesn't even have to be like this long, drawn out, like exposition of what's going on just the fact that they mention it and you can tie it and you can watch the rebels and go oh yeah there was in the you know if you read the comic first and you watch this you're like oh yeah they, you know when Kanan was young he was saved by Fenral. this is cool this is how is this gonna to work out because i actually watched the the show first and then i went back because i hadn't got the comic yet and then i read the comic like oh okay i mean it was like if we talked about it, it wasn't huge explanation it was just kind of a mention which still was cool because i'm reading it going oh man it ties to this yeah uh, it's just a neat thing and and the hyperspace thing with Hera, yeah i was a little confused there's another thing that i'm confused about and i'll get your take in a minute on on something that happens later on in the episode but i don't know I, obviously she must have hit the uh, light speed in enough time to where before she passed out or something it was able to get out they kind of didn't really explain that but i'm assuming that's what happened but yeah but it cut to white like for about a frame or two, mm -hmm. right before you see Kane kind of go through the doors, you know, cut away from the scene with Hera. So I guess we were to assume that right when she hit hyperspace, uh, that's when she got shot. So, um, yeah. But um, all in all, you know, first of all, I'm just happy that she's alive, you know, that she didn't get yeah. taken out. So, yeah. like, let, you know, and like, you know, honestly, I didn't think about her um, 
uh, I forgot how you put it, but like kind of dumbing down her flying. For, oh yeah, that's, yeah. I, I didn't never I never thought about that until you mentioned it, and uh, I think that's perfect now. That, that's a great way to say it because, uh, yeah, I mean, she definitely was in control of the situation, um, making sure that her crew was you know safe. So. Yeah, and I, again, I don't know if that's what happened. I don't know if that's what they were going for. It just kind of seemed like that to me because she kind of flew a little slower, it seemed like. <clears throat> and, you know, she's a, obviously a fantastic pilot. So I just thought maybe they were showing, like, she can she can kind of slow herself down and, and kind of draw. She was trying to draw people off her own her own Phoenix Squadron just so they can get away. So And, and again, I didn't think she was going to die. I mean, she, I don't think her story's over yet. No, no. So I didn't see any, um, any way that she was going, but... Uh, no, my whole point was that you know, as long as you know she's you know alive and you know, you know, I mean, maybe she could have gotten captured, but I mean, like, hey, if this is the way that a twenty-two minute episode had to explain that she lived. I'm happy, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll continue here. Kanan takes the Phantom and finds he has some company. Sabine has stowed away on the fighter. They accomplish the mission together after all. But while Sato ordered him to destroy the Mandalorian fighters, Kanan wants to compete or uh, complete Hera's goal and recruit the Mandalorians to join the rebellion. Finally, they arrive at Conquer Dawn's third moon, the site of the Mandalorian base. Watching from above, they see an Imperial officer arrive paying Finral for the Mandalorian services. He orders them to report any further contact with the rebels. Kanan and Sabine make a deal. The Jedi will attempt to recruit Fenral and his people, but if that doesn't work, Sabine can blow up their fighters. Kanan heads for Rao while Sabine plants her explosive. So one thing I noticed when, like, as far as as far as Kanan, I think as soon as Kanan heard the name Fenral, because I believe in the comic they mention his name and he knows. I think I maybe mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, Martin. I think he knows or he hears that name Fenral in the comic. They actually make it really obvious. Which yeah, I okay. kind of laughed because he uh, they say Fenrir and uh, uh, Kanan in the comment actually says something to the extent like, "Oh, I never got a chance to thank him." You know, that's it. So, that's it. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it's like definitely planting the seeds for you know a future meeting. Yeah. So I the, to me I think as soon as he heard the name Fenrir, he's like, you know what? I have a common connection that I can probably make something work between us. I think he was determined to meet and to try to make an ally, even though he didn't want to tell Sato and Sabine and the rest of them, like he said, oh, I'm just going to go over there and do it. I think he thought of, of that past and goes, you know what? We have a connection here for whatever reason. I'm going to try to, to diplomacy here. You know, I'm going to go try to sway him to help us. And Sabine stows away. And you know what's funny about this? It's like, it reminds me of like when I was like, when I first got my license, you know, I'm 16 years old, 17, 18, and I had a younger brother that always wanted to tag along with me, right? And there was one time where he wanted to tag along with me so bad that he knew I was getting ready to leave within like the half hour to go out and party with some friends. Mm. He actually got in um, my dad's, at the time, my dad had this like van, it was crazy. He had a van, right? And, and there was a spot in the back where, you know, these big vans have like a couch. He went back and like hid in a corner of the couch area in the back of the van. This is so crazy. And uh, <laughs> he actually hid there. So I'm cruising and I pick up my buddy 
and we're driving around and all of a sudden we hear like this noise in the background and of course my brother is stowed back in the back i'm like holy shit what the hell is going so he wanted to he wanted to tag along just this, this reminded me so much of that but That's awesome. yeah she stows away because she's let's face it we'll find out she's you know she's got these big deep roots in the mandalorian culture she's going to go over there and and handle it one way or another she's got this she wants to pay back for Hera. So, you know, what, whatever she's got to do to get over there, she's going to get over there. So she stows away. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, uh, but here it is. Here it is, Martin. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. It's all yeah. about the Benjamins. You know, it's here we find out that the Mandalorians and the Empire, the only reason that they're kind of siding with them is just about the money. And of course, it's a lot of the, a lot of the, what makes the world go around. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they're paying them to to keep people away and to keep those hyperspace routes in that area um, boxed up. Totally. And it's gonna pay. You're gonna have to pay for a little bit. What do you think, Martin? I want to get your opinion on this. Actually, um, I kind of had a feeling um, that the Mandalorians, at least uh, the protectors, are in, uh, the Empire almost kind of have a unofficial gentleman's agreement. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, you stay out of my business, I stay out of yours. If we need to cross paths, I'll pay you. But uh, I don't know, what do you think about that? No, that's 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 a great point. And I I think that's what they're going for here is is they're basically paying for the loyalty, you know, and, and it could change at any moment, you know. It could as far as the Mandalorians, it could change. Like, hey, if the rebels got, and we'll find out. Actually, it does later on. It does change, but at this point, it's all about money. And and hey, you know, like you said, you stay out of my business. We'll come and check out. And that's why he says, you know, hey, if you hear about these rebels, let us know, and we'll come over here and take care of it, or we'll yeah. deal with it. You know, because they're trying to find them. So you're exactly right. It's this kind of like we'll leave you alone. You leave me alone. Give me a little money. We'll keep things locked down over here, and and you, and you stay over there, and we'll stay over here. So. Excellent point. Yeah. Before we move on, I was, yeah. another thing I wanted to mention was um, what do you think of the design of these Mandalorians? These uh, The new kind of paint schemes, they're actually, there's more variety in the paint schemes of their uh, helmets and armor. What do you think of that? No, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. They, uh, I believe in the, uh, when you go into StarWars.com and you go back to the behind the scenes stuff, didn't isn't it modeled after... I mean, I want to keep going back to some Macquarie thing, but it was something else. I thought I can't. Gosh, I can't remember. It's an old uh, Boba Fett. Is, it, is that what it was? Yeah, because they had like the bat, like a bat uh, uh, photo on the helmet. Did you notice that? I, yeah, I that was like off of his old, uh, like I think his first drawing. Yeah, that for Boba Fett or something. Right. Um, I thought it was cool though. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what ever, what the bat was supposed to mean. I don't know if it means anything. If it's just some crazy marking they put on there or some kind of Star Wars inspired uh animal but right. I, I thought the i thought it was cool i, I like the uh, i like the design yeah did you, uh, you not like it or no i loved it i because uh, um yeah the mark okay so here we go the markings on the top of finrell's helmet are from early joe johnson artwork exploring boba fett for the empire uh, okay joe johnson so, there you go. Yeah. no the only reason why i mentioned it was because um i uh even though these mandalorians didn't have jetpacks which are kind of like the staple that should be with every Mandalorian. I, right, yeah. um, I think that um, you could definitely tell that Dave Filoni wanted to refine what he did in the Clone Wars because besides the Darth Maul uh, Death Watch, um, we only really got like Fett, you know, really in uh, 
you know, I, like actual clone like copies of the armor of Django Fett's armor from Attack of the Clones because you know there's no real variety with the paint scheme, uh, save for Bo Katan. Right. But uh, I liked how basically every Mandalorian in this village, at least, were you know had a different paint scheme, had a different look, you know. So I really liked that. That was the first thing I noticed when I saw these guys. Yeah. No, that's that's uh, a cool thing. Yeah, I didn't. I kind of glossed over it. For, for the first viewing, and I, after reading that description of the Joe Johnson thing, I like, oh, God, let me go back and see what, what's going on here. And like, oh, okay, yeah, there are a different schemes. So that is cool. Sometimes I miss things, you know, and it's like takes a couple of viewings and someone to point me and poke me like, oh, did you see that? Like, oh, okay, there it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead, we'll, go, we'll keep going. Sure. <laughs> Rao is impressed that Kanan was able to reach him and offers him food, keeping one hand on his blaster. Kanan explains that he knows Rao's heroics in the Clone Wars and reveals his lightsaber. In the Battle of Maigito, Rao and his squadron saved Kanan's life. Rao gave Kanan a chance to live now. Kanan wants to return the favor. Pretty bold to sneak onto my base. I'm going to assume you're one of those rebels I dealt with earlier. That's a pretty good guess, but not the entire truth. I don't recognize you, so before I gun you down, why don't you tell me what you want? never met, but I do know you. In fact, I came to thank you. In the Clone Wars, you fought in the third battle of Maigido. And I was there. You're a survivor. <laughs> but that explains how you got past my men. My master, Depa Balaba, and I were pinned down, trapped by droids. You and your Skull Squadron flew into the Separatist fire over and over to cover us. You saved our lives. That was a long time ago. I was younger and more reckless then. To be honest, I don't see what that has to do with you being here. You gave me a chance to live that day. Now I'd like to return the favor. And I tell you what, I love this scene. And even though it's just exposition and talking, I love it because it has this Western vibe, which I love, love, love totally. Westerns. Yeah, it had this Western vibe. I mean, we're talking even down to the musical cues as Kanan placed his lightsaber like on the table, and and it just has this. It had a classic like Western standoff where these you know two forces kind of meet and they talk first and they kind of size each other up. You know what I mean? And he puts the lightsaber on the table like almost like putting a gun on the table like in westerns. You know, it's just and I love that they're eating. And, and drinking or whatever it is together and kind of just and kind of just sizing each other up and they talked about this I believe in the behind the scenes where they did these western cues uh, but oh man I love that when they do this kind of stuff and just kind of slow it down and show that although these two have like this it's like they have this respect for each other and 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 Fen Rao doesn't panic when he comes in kind of like you see when a normal like showdown type of thing he doesn't panic they're going to talk about things real quick. It's almost like, you know, like this Western type of like um, uh, mob type thing where they kind of side each other up and talk about it and then the stuff happens. So really cool scene. I love that. It's like the showdown that's going to happen, but we're going to talk about it and feed each and, and eat a little bit and just kind of size each other up. Man, I love that. What do you think, Mark? I love how he pulls the blaster at uh, Cannon, like – um, he had a feeling that this guy was coming in here, um, yeah. obviously, because he knows, he's like, hey, I'm impressed, he came in. 
uh, you got through my guards. And he just whips out the gun, like slowly, not even, you know, he's not even scared of this guy. But uh, the first thing that I actually noticed with all of these uh, Western influences is that they've always kind of said, uh, Filoni, Lucas even, that uh, the Jedi were almost like samurai. Yeah. And uh, um, could we maybe say that now the Mandalorians are almost kind of like a Western, you know, cowboy kind of type. And um, um, you mentioned the music. And um, one thing I noticed is that it was almost like uh, the Eastern and the Western influencers were kind of meeting in this scene where oh, uh, yeah. you almost have like uh, uh, kind of Asian influenced music very subtly in the beginning. And then uh, then the, the, the guitar kind of takes over later on for the yeah. Western. But it was just so subtle. It was just one of the probably one of the best scenes so far um, that uh, it doesn't doesn't involve the Force or Darth Vader or anything. You know, it's one of the, like the one of the best scenes of just like dialogue, two characters just meeting for the first time. Yeah, and they, and they talk about the obviously the comic, and we, we mentioned that, and uh, he he calls him like a survivor. Um, so again, like he they're aware of what happened back then, but. Uh, and I, obviously, he doesn't know who Kanan is, but seeing that Kanan knows who he is, he knows he's one of the survivors. So we'll get into we'll get into it a little bit more as a, as we finish off here. Um, meanwhile, Sabine plants charges throughout the base. All goes well until she bangs her head on the underbelly of a ship, alerting several Mandalorians to her presence. Surrounded, Sabine says she is from Clan Ren, House Vizsla, and invokes the Mandalorian code to seek justice through single combat. Kanan and Rao continue their talk, but it's cut short with the news of Sabine's challenge. Rao heads outside where Sabine calls him out for battle. Rao is bemused by the whole situation, but welcomes the challenge. Kanan tries to intervene, imploring Sabine not to kill him. You have to trust me, she says, and Rao and Sabine hold steady in a standoff and prepare to draw their weapons. Sabine proves to be faster, landing direct hits to Rao's blaster at that moment, her explosives activate and several Mandalorian ships are destroyed. So here we go, Martin. Um, we've seen this before in the Clone Wars. And um, we'll, we'll break this down a little bit here. First, I wanted to get to this. And I'll get you, I want to get your take on this. Last week, when we talked about what was coming on this episode, I talked to Mike about, here is Sabine saying, I am uh, House of Vizsla. She's Clan Wren. And her mother was Death Watch. Now, I had said, wait a minute. Is she talking about Bo-Katan? And then as you watch the behind-the-scenes video, I want you to take a listen. It's real quick here. Here's Dave Filoni talking about uh, Sabine and what's going on. And, and I'm going to comment on this. Check Sabine this out. Sabine being Mandalorian, we wanted to get more into the story of who she is and where she comes from. This episode kind of starts us down that path. You start to understand where Sabine's mother's affiliation was. I would argue that Sabine's mother's in the throne room when Pre Vizsla gets killed and Darth Maul takes over. We're just at the tip of the Mandalorian iceberg. Okay, so he says his mother is in that room when Darth Maul takes over. If you watch that clip, Bo Katan is in that totally. clip. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, is Bo Katan her mother? Now, what it has to do with anything, I don't know. I, maybe it's just like, oh, Bo, Bo Katana's on it. It's no big deal. Um, but it's still, a, it's still a question out there. You know, is uh, what, what did you get from that? I mean, do you think that's her? Well, 
it's it's one of two things. It's either it's Bo Katan or it's not. You know, and I it, it could go either way at this point because mm -hmm. I mean, as much as fans love Bo Katan and I love Bo Katan. I think she really was only showcased in a handful of episodes, maybe like three or four. And I think the only time you saw her face was actually in the Darth Maul arc. Like even before that, yeah. she was always helmeted and stuff. But um, right. so anyway, like, you know, obviously, you know, there's, uh, there were multiple female Death Watch members and, um, mm -hmm. you know, obviously one of them is her mom. I heard though um, that I believe Bo-Katan is from Clan Katan or... I, oh, so, okay. so it could, again, it could go either way, but, uh, it, right. you know, Ren could be, you know, daddy, you know, we don't know, you know, right, so right. we could, um, but you know, either way, I'm a fan of it. Um, it just, it's just basically this whole thing, just the, the biggest thing that comes out of it is that it further connects the Clone Wars to Rebels and I'm always yeah. a fan of that. So <laughs> I think that's what I was getting at was like, you know, does it, does it, in the large scheme of things, is it a big deal? Not really, but I think it's just like connecting shows, like you said, Clone Wars and, and showing the pattern of family ties and how they work. And again, like I said, does it mean anything? I don't know. Um, but I just thought it's kind of weird that Filoni would kind of say it like that, like the way he mentioned it in that clip right there. So I don't know. But, but you know, going back to the scene actually um, – you know, this showdown again, we're talking about like a Western type vibe where they show down and this, this, I thought there was a name to this combat they had, but I don't know if the, I can, I'm trying to remember if they even mention it in this. Episode. I always think of it as a showdown or high noon. Let's meet at high noon. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah. it's not quite a Mexican standoff because Mexican standoffs, right. you know, the guns are actually drawn already, you know? So, uh, I think this is, um, for lack of a better term, just a face off, you know? Yeah. Right. And she's actually able to get the better of, of Finn, which is kind of crazy. Like, obviously, Finn's been around for a long time. He's very skilled. And it just shows the how how skilled uh, Sabine is uh, to be able to, you know, act, basically outdraw him. Um, One thing that I uh, saw was yeah. um, when, because uh, let, let's face it, when it comes to Sabine, for her character, she may be the one of the whole ghost crew that needs the most development. So, yeah. um, you know, her episodes have been kind of a hit and miss, you know, for, at least for me. Um, I know for you, because yeah. <laughs> I listen to the show. But um, yeah. I think this was uh, part of her, obviously, her best episode. I think it also helped that Kanan was in the episode. She wasn't uh, matched up with... Uh, uh, maybe Ezra, she wasn't matched up with a brand new character or anything like that. Or she was matched up with Kanan, who, um, you know, I believe is a very strong character. And um, whenever, you know, for you know, the last you know, season and a half, she's basically been um, kind of rough around the edges, you know, kind of moody, almost emo and everything. Oh, so yeah. um, when she, but here's the thing, when... Uh, she had that standoff, and she said, Kanan, it's time for you to stop talking now. Let me handle this. I 100% believed it. I felt it, and um, it uh, was probably her best moment so far. And uh, I'm willing to um, just uh, enjoy this how, as it happens because, you know, Filoni and uh, Pablo said it right there, basically, that uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Sabine, her background, and uh, what makes her tick, you know? And I think it's just an evolutionary step to her growing up. 
Yeah, this was like one of those pivotal episodes where she makes that 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 turn or, or starts to make that turn because, like, you know, she's all about getting out. She's out for blood. And that's just the way she was kind of brought up, obviously. And it's Kanan and her family kind of trying to, as far as this episode goes, and we'll see that in a minute here, how they're trying to to kind of turn her and show her there's other ways to do right. things. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to take a while. She I mean, she's grown up in this, in this world that she's, uh, this Mando world for a long time. So that's kind of all she knows. So really cool though. Really great scene. Continuing that like Western motif where we're looking at standoffs and gunslinging and quick drawing. It was kind of cool. I love that stuff. Close up of I'm, fingers. I'm huge, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huge Western fan. Uh, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Martin. Do that next paragraph. Kanan ignites his lightsaber and runs with Sabine away from the fiery wreckage. They decide to go after Rao, who has headed for his ship, determined to destroy the rebel fleet. Kanan is adamant, however, that they will still not kill anyone. As Rao takes off, Kanan evades his fire and leaps onto his fighter. They head into the stratosphere. The Mandalorian tries to shake him off, and Kanan cuts into the left engine in response. Kanan makes his way back topside. The Jedi digs his lightsaber into the controls, cuts open the cockpit, and lands a knockout blow to the Mandalorian. Kanan grabs an unconscious Rao as the Phantom comes in for the rescue. Uh, actually, we'll, I'll continue and we'll cool. finish up talking about this. Uh, Rao awakens and Kanan allows him to answer an incoming communication. The Mandalorian, impressed with what he's seen from the Rebels, orders his men to stand down and allow the rebels safe passage through conquered dawn. And they are not, they are also not to mention the rebels to the empire. Kanan welcomes Rao to the rebellion. Right now we are only friends because we have to be, Rao says before being uh, led away. Finally, there is good news. Hera is awake and wants to see Kanan and Sabine. Hera is surprised they've taken a prisoner. Sabine says they, they're not uh, at war with the protectors, killing them would have, uh, wouldn't have been just. Hera states Sabine is sounding more like a Jedi than a Mandalorian. Welcome to the Rebellion. Right now we are only friends because we have to be. What does that mean? Well, the Empire doesn't make a habit of rescuing people. The last thing Rao wants is Imperial ships all over his territory, and that's exactly what he'd get if they found that he was our prisoner. Kanan, Sabine! to see you. I hear we're taking prisoners now. I like to think of him more as a reluctant recruit. It was better than the alternative. We're not at war with the protectors. There was no need to take their lives if we didn't have to. Hmm. Sabine, you're sounding more like a Jedi than a Mandalorian. Well, I guess I've just been raised right. All right, so we got uh, this first part as far as the uh, Kanan igniting his lightsaber. Um, really cool action scene. I'm not sure how he was able to hold on through that uh, that flight, but uh, I was scared and, for him at first, man. <laughs> when he was I don't going know up he in the stratosphere, I was like, "What? What's what's gonna happen? What's, oh, okay, he cut his engine. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. You know, he brings out his lightsaber, kind of cuts at it, and it cuts into the cockpit, and was able to pull him out, and knock him out, and do all that stuff. So that was that was crazy. But um, here. One of the things too is Fenn explains why he sided with 
the empire. And again, he says he's basically talking about money and and power. And as far as the empire is concerned, he 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 thinks that um, the rebels really have no shot. And he doesn't realize how maybe how powerful the rebels are at this point, and they're just keep you know just starting to gain momentum and and. And obviously, they've been known throughout the galaxy. Here we are in, in, at, at Conquer Dawn, and they've heard of the Rebels. So they're gaining that momentum. And it was just basically all about, like, like I said, what we talked about earlier, is about the money and the power. And they, he thought the Empire was just too big to try to deal with. So obviously, side with them. Uh, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, but now he's realizing that, you know, the Rebels are this ragtag group, man. They can, they can do some stuff, and they got Jedi on their side now. So... I thought it was a cool way to uh, kind of end the episode, and of course we find out that Sabine is okay. She just needed some rest and all that, and and that we like, like I said, we talked about how Sabine is kind of learning from from Hera and and Kanan and starting to sound more like uh, a Jedi than a Mandalorian. So I thought it was kind of a cool way to end it. Cool episode, Martin. What do you think? I uh, loved it. It was uh, um, I. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, great yeah. opening scene with uh, the ships and um, yeah, great battle stuff. It was just uh, you know had its subtleties and then had a great ending. I want to mention I love the uh, Sabine line when uh, he lands in the Phantom and he's like, you know, when you set your mind to something, you could be pretty frightening. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great yeah. line and uh, it just speaks to how Kane can be because I mean since the beginning, every time um, he sets his mind to something. He um, just goes on a tear, you know. Yeah. Whether it being stormtroopers or you know the Grand Inquisitor, but uh, you know this is just another example of you know I'm going to climb on your ship, take out your engines, take out your controls, punch <laughs> you in the face, grab yeah. you, and then you know take you out. You know, so it was uh, pretty cool. Um, I think it was uh, you know just as much a Canaan episode as it was a Sabine episode, and it was right. probably the first real Sabine episode to kind of pull me towards her um, when it comes to uh, just uh, liking her more as a character. Uh, she's yeah. definitely finally having an arc because um, right. um, that you know it hasn't really happened. You know, she you know we've been focusing on Ezra, we've been focusing on Kanan, um, and uh, it looks like next week we're going to be focusing on Zeb. But yeah. uh, it was a good. Uh, it was a de- you know. I think it was better than the uh, the last Sabine episode that we got. Definitely. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I th- I thought that too. I thought this was her best episode, even though she was kind of, I don't know if you want to say second fiddle to Kanan, but it, of course it's showing her her progression in this group, and and I I, lo- I like the episode. I mean, not something that um, I mean it didn't blow me away. I mean, it's like I said last week. I'm so looking forward to these episodes with Darth Maul and Darth Vader. Yeah. Soka. That I gotta, I gotta slow down a little bit, man. Slow your roll, dog, and and just enjoy these. Because this was a, it was a fun episode. Like I said, it had some crazy action, some good story, the callbacks to the western stuff. So, uh, really, really good stuff. So, um, you know, like I said, I enjoyed it, and and I'm looking forward to some more, uh, some more Sabine, and and where her, yeah. The whole trailer with, uh, you know, going back to the kind of uh, uh-huh. book ending, the trailer. That we talked about earlier, it's uh, you know as you know Dave Filoni would say you know there's spoilers so just be cautious and everything. That's the only thing that uh, kind of hurts my viewing of uh, 
Rebels is now knowing all that stuff is happening, like Darth Maul's coming, we're going to have a, a freaking Jedi dojo scene, you know, like all this <laughs> other stuff. And yeah. then it's like, oh, okay, so we're going to have to pump the brakes a little bit, you know, for probably, you know, about three, four weeks, you know, we got to, you know, yeah. um, I mean, the Mandalorian episode was great. Um, we're going to have a Lasat episode coming up, at least maybe a couple now that you mentioned with, uh, what was it, episode uh, 13 or something with uh, Callus and Zed. Right. So, yeah, was, uh, yeah. so, you know, uh, and like, I don't even think we got a, clip of that or these next couple episodes in that trailer at all no no right it's just it's more you know at the end of the day it's more star wars i'm happy yeah yeah and and um i don't know uh i'm looking forward to to those like i said and and i mentioned this back in when we found out we're going to get more than 12 episodes i thought i told mike i go you know what I kind of like the 12, 13 episode thing because you're packing like everything in those episodes is, is, is so good. And when you stretch it out, then you're going to have episodes where it's, where it's kind of like this, but you know what? There really haven't been in rebels so far. There really hasn't been an episode where I'm like, Oh man, this is just, this is just boring or it's, it's, it's not fun or it doesn't mean anything. I mean, all these episodes still are, are good. And I have to tell myself, like, yeah, we're going to get to that good, you know, the, yeah. the Vader stuff. Just relax and enjoy some of these good stuff. So yeah. not every um, episode could be like Siege of Wolf Hall, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Siege of Wolf Vader Hall, every yeah, let's have Vader in every episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just real quick on some email and Facebook stuff. Uh, I have to I have to correct myself. Uh, Alan Leibovich made a comment as far as this episode. He goes, fun episode. I watched it after coming home from seeing The Force Awakens for the fifth time. Then I heard the crankster call me Annie Leibovitz (laughs) (laughs) on the Princess Review episode. Sorry, I'm not related to the famous photographer. So, dude, I I responded back to him. I go, my bad, dude. I I don't know where I – I just – I looked real quick at it, and my brain was going faster than my mouth. I don't know, whatever it was. You know what's funny is that I remember that, you know, and I don't don't, – like (laughs) – I didn't mention it. I didn't uh, obviously mention it, but I didn't uh, question it at first. And then now that he mentions it, I'm just like, yeah, that's right. So I guess the, we got the, the Vanity Fair photographer uh, listening on the, the Rebels podcast. That's a big win for you guys. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, man, I screwed that up. So, Alan, man, thanks for your uh, podcast, dude. And uh, continue to, to uh, comment on there. And I'll be sure to get your name right from now on. Um, just some other comments too. Uh, he also talked about how Harrison Ford is, uh, you know, supposedly doing this TV thing for Disney, and uh, he had mentioned something about Harrison Ford in a Star Wars TV special. How'd that work out the last time? So he's talking about <laughs> he's talking about the the holiday special. So I'm sure this is going to be a little better. Uh, but good stuff from Alan, man. Thanks for for commenting on that. But. Uh, uh, let's talk about next time, Martin, next time on Star Wars Rebels. It is called The Legacy of Lasan. And let's take a uh, quick, quick uh, listen to what's coming up next week. It is him, Captain Aurelius. By the Ashla, the prophecy. Captain? Yes, Captain Gerizeb Aurelius of the Lasan High Honor Guard. <laughs> Our reunion! I was right! Again, how wonderful. Hondo could use a little help. 
I was just about the last of us. How is this possible? Do you remember me, Captain? You look familiar. Grant, I served under you in the guard. This is Chaba, the wise. Oh yeah, I know who she is. I didn't know you were a captain. He never told any of us. It was so long ago, I... I forgot. We have not. Alright, so hey, we're getting more Lasai. I thought they were all gone. I thought Zeb was alas, but... Alas, we do have more. And at first I thought, is this going to be like his family? But it's... It kind of looked like that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I thought that for sure. I thought, is that his mom or something? What's going on here? But... Um, you know, when it says here, as far as the episode, when the ghost, when the crew of the ghost agrees to help two refugees who are revealed to be surviving Lasat, Zeb must come to terms with his past and help his people reach their new home. So, uh, like we talked about, Martin, you said this. It was a a it, we're going to a Zeb story now, which is a lot of what they're doing. They're trying to put on this. They're trying to give us some backstory on some of these characters, which is cool. I and haven't had a Lasat. I mean, a, a Zeb no. episode since probably the first episode, right? Like with the yeah, so, I mean, this is a long time coming, I think. This is nice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, like I said, I don't think it's he's related to these people, but there is more Lasat out there, so it would be neat to see uh, more about his... looks like we're going to get some of his backstory, maybe, from from this uh, meeting with these two uh, these two other Lasats and more of the people. So, uh, we'll see what happens, man. Looking forward to that. And uh, Hondo. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Duh! Yeah, Hondo is a pirate, uh, weekway pirate in there somewhere, right? <laughs> yes, yes, Hondo, man, he's back again, which is you know one of my favorite characters. I love just the the way he's able to throw in like a joke almost in every line, it, and it's so subtle and and it's it's so fun. I love this character. My, Mike loves this character too. Like his favorite character is is um, yeah, is, he's so you know, well written, and uh, you know we may not be getting you know. Darth Vader or the Inquisitors, but uh, we're definitely going to be laughing and having some fun next episode. So I'm oh, excited yeah. about that. Yeah, me too, me too. But uh, hey, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, be sure to, well, before we do that, uh, Martin, appreciate you at the, kind of like the last minute I, uh, Mike goes, hey, see if you can get Martin. I'm like, cool. Because you know, so we had talked about this at Celebration and uh, luckily you were able to do that and we were able to hook up. It was a good time. Thanks for uh, taking time, especially because you got a new baby out there. I know you're super. I know what that's like, man. Yep, <laughs> but uh, hey, I'm, I'm happy to do this. Um, uh, this was a lot of fun, and honestly, like you know, I do it again in a heartbeat. Um, the schedules, you know, uh, work with each other. You know, next time. So yeah, I mean, it was great. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and uh, tell Mike, uh, thank you. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll do. We'll do for for. Um, as far as the podcast, though, you can find us at rebelspodcast.com. Of course, we have Facebook. Uh, if you want to uh, communicate with us like Alan did and Martin does and, and, and Matt and a bunch of our friends over at the Facebook page, just check us out on Facebook. You'll find us. Just, just search in there, Rebels Podcast. You'll find us. And you'll find us on iTunes. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, throw us down a quick, um, uh, a quick review if you can. I know we're fairly high up on the on the the rebels as far as rebels podcast um podcast out there there's a lot, there's a few podcasts that have dropped off the uh off a little bit but uh hey we're there for you every week so uh 
let us know how you feel about it. And you can find us, like I said, you can find us, just search Rebels Podcast. You'll see us around and, and communicate with us and talk to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the episodes and anything else in Star Wars. We just talk about it all. Yeah, get the word so, out there, guys, because like, uh, yeah. like I said before, these guys, I've followed these guys for years and it doesn't get better than these guys. So appreciate that, man. That's high praise coming from Martin, man. Appreciate that. So uh, with that, That'll do it for this week. We thank you guys for joining us. And uh, for Martin, my name is Matt. And for Martin and Mike, my name is Matt. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you next week.